Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host Rob Cameron bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. This week we are given the spotlight to more independent wrestling throughout the country, but before we even think about getting into that, uh, it's a very uh, news-heavy week, so let's just jump right in, start off with a good plateau, hit that peak, and then just fall off a cliff as one is wont to do. First of which, MLW has announced a new deal with Pro Wrestling Television. Uh, Pro Wrestling TV is a free streaming service, uh, evidently available to over 200 million homes across uh, the world. Uh, check it out, it is free. I uh, don't know what this means for, like, say, the YouTube deal, but they announced that the, all the new programming, uh, so Fusion going forward, will be broadcasted on the uh, Pro Wrestling TV channel um and they'll also have um episodes of mlw on demand there as well so uh, as a whole like big effing deal um just because any new streaming is good especially if it's going to be free for us um and finally getting back in the swing of uh getting on demand mlw as well uh because youtube is great and all don't get me wrong that's primarily how i watch my mlw uh but especially with some of the other broadcasting deals have come up you know we're not getting the complete mlw experience and especially for fusion they've definitely cherry-picked uh their episodes in which they've broadcast so um Big deal coming off of that front. And they specifically mention uh, Battle Riot and Fusion, which leads up to our next announcement. Oh, Frabjous Day! We have the return of live MLW broadcasting. New program starting off with Battle Riot at the 40-man over-the-top rope or pinfall submission-based Battle Royale with a future shot at the MLW World Heavyweight Championship on the line. That is going to be our first big broadcast of the new season. That will be November 3rd, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time, uh, as part of the Pro Wrestling TV uh, partnership. Uh, following that, starting November 10th, we will start getting new episodes of Fusion as well. So this makes me infinitely happy. Uh, again, don't get me wrong. I have loved my time uh, giving the spotlight to independent wrestling and just checking out all the new small companies I have never, ever heard of before. Um, but, you know, this show, again, is called MLW Confusion for a reason, and it's to focus on MLW. Without that, I didn't really have much of a proper show, and I just was, I don't know, holding out hope that this day would come and we'd have new broad new programming to review. Um... And that patience has paid off. Uh, I don't know. We can turn like this into like a side project, though. If you guys really liked the spotlight thing, uh, just I don't know. Shoot me messages. Like tweet at me. I don't know. You can hit me up on the social media. Like let me know. Like what you guys thought of me just giving the spotlight and reviewing other independent wrestling, um, because it was a lot of fun and just it was cool uh, seeing new stuff again. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. Until MLW comes back. Uh, with that, though, before all that is said and done and we get this new program and get to see Battle Riot live finally, uh, we first have MLW Fightland. Fightland 2022 is coming to us from the, uh, from the former ECW Arena, the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We've already announced a batch of matches from that, and we have a handful of other announcements to come out of this as well. Uh, first of which, coming 
like right after last week's episode dropped, it was announced that a Mexican superstar, uh, um, well, well, Mexican promotion superstar, he's an American, Sam Adonis is coming to Fightland. No opponent given yet. Uh, Adonis is a pretty big deal out of Mexico, despite not being a true luchadore per se. Um, but he's had stints in AAA, CMML, um, and probably best known, or most infamously, uh, known for taking the hair of Blue Panther, which, like, Blue Panther is, like, one of the legends in there, and uh, Adonis uh, got to shave and bald uh so big like so that's a big get uh especially with the partnerships with like triple a and other uh promociones in mexico come into play also if you need something else just to hate him for he's cory graves brother too so there's that also announced uh cesar duran went out of his way for a big signing and that big signing is davy boy smith jr the former opera cup winner former mlw tag team champion is back with the company after uh, once again touring the world circuit and a oh so brief not really appearing on camera stint with the wwe uh he is back and he's hanging out with uh, some of his cousins thomas and mark billington the billington bulldogs um they are making their mlw debut at fightland teaming with davy boy smith jr um the billington bulldogs they are the the sons of uh, the dynamite kid tom billington uh who teamed with davy boy smith senior uh as the british bulldogs back in the day for those of you who aren't up to date on your uh, wrestling history whatnot um or just was born way too late to uh hear uh, to know like any of those names for that matter uh but they are making their mlw debut uh the bulldogs themselves have been teaming since 2019 uh making their debut across the pond and they will be taking on alex kane's beaumaier fight club uh kane has been complaining on twitter looking for competition and cesar has answered in a big big way Yes, the Bulldogs themselves are unproven, but uh, Davy Boy Smith, however, is a uh, decorated competitor all over the world. Uh, so Kane is teaming up with Mr. Thomas and the latest recruits, Myron Reed, Hotfire, former MLW middleweight champion. Uh, so six-man tag team action coming up on that front. Uh, last but not least, also announced was the former Enzo, Enzo Amore, otherwise known as Real One, will be taking on the southern psycho and one of my personal favorites mance warner um they said styles make fights and i'm not sure what's going to go happen in this match but all i know is i hope i get to see a little knee pad up dramatic pause knee pad down dramatic pause uh action uh because i do love me some mance warner and uh enzo is doing a lot to uh try to rehab his character work uh, through MLW. So, you know, it may not be the prettiest fight, but it might be the fightiest fight. D did that... Did that even make sense? Now? Now? Duh. Never mind that. Le let's, let's talk about wrestling. As stated ad nauseum, MLW is on hiatus, at least on the uh, programming front. So we're giving the spotlight to independent wrestling companies throughout united states today we're going back up north to minnesota checking out midwest all-star wrestling um and its television program warriors we're going to be checking out episode 20 here momentarily and i just want to throw out there um as a, as this podcast is we're really big into promoting the diversity of the pro wrestling landscape and uh 
this company is no different. Um, it is Native American owned. Um, and as we will see, um, and come to the forefront in our in our like pre-show package, um, that the show itself opens up with um, a Native American uh, prayer chant uh, cir circling the ring, uh, which I thought was a very interesting touch, very nice to see. Um, so just throwing that information out there as well as we continue to plug diversity, whether it's through gender, race, sexual orientation, um, gender identity, etc., 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 and continue that here on uh, here on out. So go team on that one. Uh, it's great to see uh, say a Native American uh, representation in the world of professional wrestling as well. Uh, after our prayer, we get the uh, we get Andrew James welcoming us to the show, bringing us our opening little segment, segue, music video, opening credits. Uh, when we come back, James is set down with uh, MAW Commissioner Brian Sager. We, they discuss Sager's introduction to the world of professional wrestling, that he followed a company called Neo Pro Wrestling for quite some time before he was taken in. Uh, evidently, he was brought into the business before wrestling schools were, you know, a dime a dozen popping up everywhere uh so they beat him up they stretched him um and he got to just you know finally join the world of professional wrestling um and after his retirement got an offer to start midwest all-star wrestling a gentleman named eli the money man as we'll kind of find out later on i'm sorry i don't have all the information because i really don't do a whole lot of research coming into it just the basic like twitter stuff and watching the television program so when they just toss out names i hope i find out things about that person in the meanwhile uh so maw is formed and before we go to our first match uh sager kind of describes his management style as the matchmaker as the commissioner of maw uh this segues into our first match of the evening ying mua taking on gable galileo for the maw innovation championship before the match can even start we're, we are doing some memphis stuff despite being in minnesota uh which Larry Sabisco, the master of Memphis wrestling, was from Minnesota, so, I mean, it's not much of a stretch, really. Uh, but bails out of the ring, jaw jacks the crowd, does this twice before the match finally, like, properly begins, despite the bell already being rung. We get the tie-up, they trade corner chops, and by chops, I mean, I guess it's more like a push, you know, back into the corner, two-hand shove into the corner. Uh, both Gable and Mua uh, both take part in this, uh, but once that's over with, once that shtick is over with, we get chain wrestling uh, by the wave here. Uh, Gable, though, uh, quickly gets uh, fired up. Goes for a sunset flip, uh, but it gets caught in the act, folded up in half, uh, and Mua grabs the ropes to obtain the three count very, very early on. Like, there's really no offense in the match after uh, the little bit of chain wrestling here. Uh, but... Luckily, though, uh, Josh Madsen is no is not tolerating these shenanigans. Announces that it is now a two out of three falls in match. Brian Sager confirms it. This is on. Match restarts, and Gable hit quickly hits a variation of a twisting flatliner, Sister Abigail, if you will, and gets a three count like within like 15 seconds of the match being restarted. So this match is now tied one to one in this best two or three falls. The next fall will be for the winning fall. Lost my train of thought in the middle of that. So, uh, you know, winner of the match will be the one who gets the next fall, the final fall, if you will. 
Anywho, we start the third fall off uh, brawling outside the ring where Gable uh, quickly takes over with some strikes. Uh, Gable is cut off on the top rope, uh, but he fights through and hits the double sledge off the top. Spear by Gable leads to a quick two count. Uh, Flash Moa Breaker, the cold breaker though, comes literally out of nowhere, uh, despite not being an RKO, and he picks up the victory, the final fall with the Code Breaker, your winner and still MAW Innovation Champion, Ying Mua. Pretty solid match uh, overall uh, for the opening contest. I was I was really like surprised how quickly like the falls came. Uh, I mean, the first fall came within like two minutes, and we thought that everything was over. And once the match was restarted, it was like fifteen seconds into it that like that match that fall. Uh, finished as well and then they got a little bit of time to let things stew for fall number three uh, but really didn't last terribly long either uh, before Gable gets cut off by Mua and gets uh, hit by the Codebreaker so uh, but otherwise very solid match between the two uh, two gentlemen that I am not entirely familiar with but I dig Gable Galileo's tights so I'll give him bonus points for that Back in the studio, James and Sager put over Moa as the uh, Ma- Mua, excuse me, as kind of like the future of the company. Um, they discuss Sager's introduction to the world of professional wrestling as a fan uh, at a young age, watching wrestling with his grandfather, most notably WrestleMania three, and falling in love with these comic book characters brought to life. Um, they talk about you know, superheroes and stars in the making, and they put over JDX as the man in maw who's probably not going to last long in the company before he's brought out for bigger and better things this segues into our next match jdx takes on konosuke takeshita a hot thing in the american independence right now despite bouncing back and forth between uh Japan, his native homeland, and here. Uh, and at the time of the taping of this match, fresh off uh, loss to uh, AEW slash Ring of Honor star Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, so uh, MAW striking with while the iron's hot with uh, independent talent. So it was neat to see. Um, and things start off like super heavy and fast, just right away. Takeshita just goes for a knee, uh, whiffs it, and we just start strike, uh, trading strikes back and forth. Uh, JDX gets the early advantage and an early two count with a flapjack. Uh, JDX goes for several pinfalls attempts and only gets two, has words with the referee in the process. Uh, JDX rolls through the top rope um, and hits Takeshita with a leg lariat. Um, and but uh, Big DDT by Takeshita t- goes for two. My notes are practically incomprehensible on here. Uh, JDX knees Takeshita, or uh, excuse me, Takeshita to the floor from the ring apron and then follows that up with a tope suicida. Uh, just, yeah, action is pretty hot and heavy overall, and I'm trying to do my best to be an Excalibur-like auctioneer. Uh, we brawl outside, and JDX catches Takeshita into the ring post, crotches him to be exact. Um... A fan hands JDX a chair, thinks about using it outside the ring, chooses not to. He's If he's going to win, he's going to win it fairly. Fair and square, despite some of his earlier jawjacking with the ref. Um, however, once things move up to the ring apron, Takeshita hits a DDT on the apron, the hardest part of the ring. Takeshita uh, hits uh, several big forearms that drop JDX. JDX comes back with some babyface fire and finishes up his chunk of things with a spinebuster for a 
a two count. Takeshita comes back with a blue thunder bomb for a two count of his own. Spirit Battle ends on top of the turnbuckle. JDX hitting an avalanche Finley roll gets a two count off that. Takeshita hits a poison Rana, but gets caught in a Boston Crab. Uh, they refer to it as a Chicago Crab, but it seemed to be more of a lion tamer to me. But let's just throw out various Boston Crab names and just see what happens to stick, whether it's between them, me. I don't know. If you guys want to chime in, just start screaming at your listening device of your choosing, whether it's your phone or your stereo or your computer, whatever. Just start yelling out names for the Boston Crab while you're at it, too. Anyway, we should probably, you know keep this here thing moving jdx hits pay dirt for two uh they trade strikes once again a very strike heavy match uh jdx hits three super kicks but only gets a two count for his efforts uh flash german suplex and then an even bigger flashing knee gets a two count for Takeshka. um what the what the commentary calls the inverted bomb of interesting like arm tied up variation of a power bomb though finishes off jdx uh kanosuke takashita gets the big victory rebounding from his loss against kado castanoli on aew programming um i mean what can i say about this match it was hot it was heavy uh what really like logistically speaking if we're just going to talk about in-ring action and presentation this should have been the main event and commentary puts over that this is the main event of that particular show. I didn't really kind of like mention in like this is uh, kind of like an old school show uh, setup for programming. So let's just uh, take a brief like we'll call it intermission of things. Um, like the presentation of this show is very old school, where they have a studio segment and segue into a match, uh, which I mean I've referenced this, um, but these matches are you know from different um, events that the companies had. So it's much like, again, the studio shows of the 80s, especially like uh, WWE, like Primetime Wrestling, um, the precursor to Monday Night Raw, uh, like Superstars, um, etc. So, you know, very old school presentation on that part. Um, go back to this, uh, but we come back to the studio um, and James and Sager just put the heck over this match which they should this was a really good match ladies and gentlemen and like i'll say this about pretty much like everyone in this show that i'm not aware of their existence really but like jdx has got some got, got some stuff to a man he may not be long for uh the uh, at least the smaller level independence so um you know good on him and then of course Takesta is you know arguably one of the hottest free agents in the world right now um but yes, so uh, Sager and James put over this match and puts over MAW for having like the best wrestling around, uh, leading them to put over their women's division as well. Uh, they show footage of the new women's champion, Lainey Luck, winning the title at a recent event for them um, before uh, really, again, like just putting over how hot and heavy the women's division is. And before we find out how hot and heavy this division is, let's take a brief pause for the cause, uh, get a drink, make a podcast or something of the like, or at least in my case, breathe. Man, I am just really pumping out words here this time around. Compared to last week where I felt like I had a good flow to it, today I am just all in. I just, oh, too much caffeine or something. Anywho, speaking of which, plug in some energy drinks. Uh, better go get another one of those. I'll be back in one minute. If you're like me, sometimes you need a pick-me-up to get you through the day. 
I drink Ray's Energy for that pickup. Ray's comes in a bunch of different flavors, and more recently, Italian ice, which is great, by the way. And it contains no sugar, so there's no crash after you drink it. And, really, like, best of all, if you go through me and go to wetrepsports.com, use my code CASS, you get 15% off your order. So, also, be like CASS, drink Ray's Energy. Alright, we are back. I am going to... I don't know. Hopefully, maybe I've calmed down. Probably not. I'll probably like, start calm and then just go right back at it and annoy all three people who have just stuck through it to this point. Um, but again, uh, where I left off was that the MAW women's division is taking off. They're trying to put it um, on equal footing with the men, as they should. Um, and our next match features uh some of the bigger names in women's independent especially in the midwest uh with misa kate taking on the nwa's own natalia markova uh and this is really like the first full match i've seen from both of these though i am mildly familiar with clips of markova uh floating around social media and whatnot so match match we're gonna start off with a coded honor uh starting off with some respect by markova uh, Kate, though, Misa, is not having any of it and just spits a, like, large loogie into Markova's hand. And that was gross and something I haven't quite seen in quite a while and, you know, very rarely from adults. So that, that is how we're starting things. Like, we are going to start this match by choosing violence. And violence is what we get. Uh, they take they take turns uh, tying each other up before uh, Markova just decides to chop the snot out of uh, Kate, uh, which also becomes a reoccurring theme throughout this match. Like, really hard strikes by Markova. Uh, and then a big cutter for the two counts. So we're just starting off this violent po violence party pretty early, and then also trying to get it over with pretty early as well. Um, Misa then bails, like, three different times, because that's what you do when you take the cutter. Uh, Natalia uh, eventually just has enough of, like, this stalling, and goes outside, uh, makes some chase, just smacking smacking Misa Kate around the ring again just like so many chops and what not uh, however once we make it back to the ring Kate hits a big pump kick to uh, take over hits a big suple gets a two count off of that really a two a two count off a of suple what is this twitter or something I don't know uh uh, we go to a quick break, and Kate is locked on the leg scissors and hits a modified, well, hits, I guess locks on is a better term, modified chin lock in the process of that. Uh, Markova breaks free, and now is a good time to have a chop off, and like, man, man, uh, these women are just teeing off on each other, like chopping each other, like, I mean, not Gary J levels of chopping, but they are chopping hard enough to hurt me. Like, I, my chest hurts watching this. Um, and then they finish off this chop battle because everything's going so well with these chops. Dueling groin kicks. Like, both of them just field goal kick each other through the uprights. Somehow not a disqualification, uh, but both women down on the ground. Um... Markova comes back, though, with a variety of kicks of her own. Uh, also a reoccurring theme. Uh, gets a two count for her efforts. A big running knee uh, to the back of the head by Misa Kate. Gets a two count. Followed up by an X-Factor by Markova. Gets a two count of her own. Um, 
Another running knee by Markova gets a two count. Uh, Misa takes out the referee on accident with a big, big kick. Uh, this sets up the classic scenario, uh, which Markova hits the beautiful disaster kick in the corner, which is a running corner spinning heel type kick, if you will, uh, takes out Kate. Uh, unfortunately, though, a uh, state of the referee is totally unconscious, so Markova has to go over and try to wake him up. In the meanwhile, uh, that allows Kate an opportunity to wake up come to her senses. Uh, Markova goes for another disaster kick. Uh, Kate dodges it and, and, get, and locks in a roll-up using the ropes for ledge, uh, leverage and gets the one, two, three. Your winner, Vias Shenanigans. Misa Kate. Uh, fun match uh, to be had and like really hard-hitting. Like That's something I'm going like, to can't put over enough for this thing is that how hard these two just chopped and smacked each other like i hurt at various points and that was before the dueling groin kicks um so like if you like like it wasn't quite strong style because they, they didn't like drop each other on their head quite enough for that but like yeah the the the, the, the strikes were stiff as all get out and i hurt just watching it so if you like that sort of action fun match to be had i think you'll really enjoy that and it's always great just to see you know uh a women's division that's filled with very solid competitors and not just having women for the sake of women out there despite like being green as grass or just not very good workers so a great match between kate and markova Back in the studio with James and Sager, uh, Stager talks about how he was lucky enough to be able to choose when he was going to hang up his boots and retire. Uh, however, uh, Paul Verk was not quite that lucky and is putting his career on the line for a shot at the MAW World Heavyweight Championship, leading us to a match in progress featuring Paul Verk taking on the, champi uh, the champion, The System. Great name on that one, uh... uh not even a Simon system or anything like that, just the system. Bleach blonde hair and all. Uh, but we join the match in progress. System uses the championship belt while the referee is distracted on the floor to take out Verk. Gets the three count, uh, retains, and officially retires Paul Verk. However, uh, Sager comes out and restarts the match, much to the chagrin of the system. Uh, we take a quick break we come back we're trading strikes and we get like while we're trading these things we get like a lot of kevin dunn-esque camera cuts getting motion sick just like every time there's a strike we change the camera cut as we're going back and forth um so the system takes the flare corner bump um but instead of just getting body slammed off he gets back body dropped off uh vink hits a big kick to the back of the head to get the title uh three count big kick to the head your new maw world champion in, uh brandon verk uh so uh th this is uh, this match i mean it wasn't the full match obviously and it was just here to, to kind of like put over the storyline that's uh, been festering for quite some time between the system and maw commissioner brian sager uh we go back into the studio and they've kind of talked about that it's been like over a year and both sager and the system have been bickering at each other footage is shown of a confrontation between the two at a recent event which the system slaps sager um and sager talks about taking things into his own hands when the system and 
his cohorts take out two referees during this uh, a recent title match, uh, forcing Sager himself to be referee and count the three count uh, for Verk in that match. Uh, they talk about the system being suspended, um, but drop hints that there's going to be more punishment uh, in the future if suspension is not enough. Uh, laying groundworks, um, if I would have to be so bold to guess uh, that uh, Brian Sager is going to probably put on the boots one more time to put the system in his place. Um, but that that is how our show ends, uh, putting over uh, the commissioner's feud with the system. And that means we need to wind down things here at my end too. Uh, so it was a fun show overall, a uh, very old school feel to it. alternating between, uh, random live events, matches, and the studio system. Um, done a very good job of putting over the storyline at the end, even though, you know, if I ultimately had my druthers, like, you know, I like a good main event match or like an actual segment, like a live segment to end the show, but whatever, man, like not every episode has to be catered specifically to me, especially when I'm just jumping in randomly into these shows as well. I mean, this is episode 20 and the first one I have watched, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, obviously they're picking the, you know, cherry picking the best matches from various live events, uh, whether it's kind of the story driven work of our opening bout and our main well technical main events um or uh, looking at bringing in the big stars of the independent scene with uh, Takeshita uh and Markova as well the building of the women's division um as a dominant force within the company as well so uh really enjoyed checking out Midwest All-Stars uh All-Star Wrestling uh I think you'll enjoy it too if you like just kind of like an old schoolish wrestling program uh this is very much that so uh again like can't it can't praise this kind of stuff enough check it out it's on the youtubes for free of course um and thank you all um it's like again i'm not sure when mlw is going to bring back its uh programming but you know i'm waiting that day and until then you know might as well give back to independent wrestling in and of itself uh so that being said um you know, I enjoy this, um, and I hope you have too, uh, despite me really trying to be an auctioneer through this episode. I was like, it's not my strongest work, if I even may be so bold to say and break that fourth wall. Uh, but thank you all for uh, coming along, uh, sticking through it. Um, and in the meanwhile, though, I'll see you all next week. MLW Confusion is a weekly podcast that is written and performed by Rob Kammer and hosted at Anchor FM. The background music for this section is Ruined My Day, performed by Alan Schroeder. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, family, and enemies. Leaving a review would also be helpful. Word of mouth advertisement, of course, is very important for us small podcasts. For my social media links, they can be found in the description below, but the Twitter and Instagram are both at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S, and Facebook is at MLW Confusion. If you'd like to support monetarily and help upgrade my equipment, please check out my virtual chip jar at www.kofi.com slash Casanova, that is C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. If you'd prefer more bang for your buck, go to patreon.com slash Casanova where for as little as $1, backers get access to the podcast early and without those pesky ads, plus other exclusive content. So head up the crew and join Maverick45, Alan Schroeder, and Keith Wynn, and check it out. 
You can also find t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net slash collections slash the confusion podcast. There's hyphens in between the confusion podcast, of course. And for other business inquiries, such as ads and sponsorships, please email me at rzcammer, K-A-M-E-R-E-R, at comcast.net. Thank you all for listening.